Hey folks, I just want to take a moment to tell you about a free webinar that we will be holding on March 25th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. To sign up, go to homeopathyformommies.com forward slash webinar with Sue. Many of you already know about our website, Homeopathy for Mommies, and about our private members corner. But for those of you who are just learning about homeopathy or who want to make another connection with like-minded people, you know, those who are gravitating toward a more natural way of caring for your family, then you will love this webinar. Our subject matter will be homeopathy to keep your family healthy in these trying times. We will also be offering a free printable of our discussion material to everyone who joins us. So please consider jumping on this webinar for a great chat. That web address again is homeopathyformommies.com forward slash webinar with Sue. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today we are talking about, uh, this is, by the way, this is part of our first aid and homeopathy series. Today we're talking about muscles. I think this is a really, really good place to start because when you're dealing with first aid and homeopathy in a first aid situation, there's invariably going to be muscles involved. And I, I talk about, you know, the hikers, the bikers, we're talking athletes, sports injuries in school, um, just working too hard in the garden in the spring when you're not used to it. Just pretty much everything that we do activity-wise is going to involve our muscles. And so I thought, well, this is a really, really good place to start. (laughs) Besides that, I know when I did my podcast for introducing the homeopathy and first aid series, I was telling you about two young ladies that had severe cramps during their monthly time and another gal that was complaining of cramps in her upper thighs all the time and then there's always the people who say what do you do for cramps in the toes at night and it's just like it's constant you know so we're addressing this today and hopefully everyone will get some benefit out of this because I mean a lot of you already know a lot to do for cramps and muscles but I have to say there are a couple of remedies here when I was doing the research there are a couple of remedies here that I was like, wow, you know, I've never really thought about that remedy in this situation. So I want to kick this off too and tell everyone that there is a particular book that I've been using. I always, always use Dr. or Lyle W. Morgan's book on first aid and homeopathy. It's, it's probably the very first book I ever read. I had actually read a couple of books on homeopathy. Well, Lectures of Materia Medica by James Tyler Kent was the first book that I really delved into And that was just individual learning of individual remedies. I wasn't really learning how to use them in my family setting at that point, but I was enjoying reading about the remedies. And then when I, my sister picked up a book at a garage sale by, like I said, Lyle W. Morgan on first aid and homeopathy 
for the first time, I thought, oh my gosh, this is stuff you can just use all the time and for any situation. And that book taught me so, so much. I looked it up on uh, the internet the other day and a lot of the websites that even list it, it's no longer available. I know I talk about this book so much and I'm thinking <laughs> out of the half a million downloads that we've had, a lot of people are starting to find out about these old books. <laughs> so I, um, you may or may not be able to find it. I think it's out of print now. Um, maybe we could look at a publisher to have it reprinted. It's just such an awesome book. And, um, but like I said, that's the book that I used that started me on the path to using homeopathy in my family setting all the time for every single thing. That's the book that taught me about what to do for homeoprophylactically for coughs and colds and flus every year. He, it's just such a, such a good book. And like I said, I quote it. It's probably not a part in that book. I haven't quoted it sometime in the last six years, but it's, it was really good and helpful. And it's helpful. Like I said, glean all the homeopathic books though. There's not a homeopathic book that I've read that I haven't gotten some new and good information out of. And I say new because there's really nothing new in homeopathy. There's just new systems of finding the right remedy. And, um, there are new remedies all the time being proven, but at the same time, Every homeopath that writes a book has a different way of looking at things and they have different methods of using homeopathy that I like, like I said, I like to glean it and bring it into my use. So if you see a homeopathic book at a garage sale or you see one on sale online, just grab it, snatch it up because those hardcover books are so awesome at two o'clock in the morning when you're trying to find the answers to something and you just whip them off the shelf. Okay, enough said on that. The other book is a book by Dr. Manuel Rotera. It's called First Aid with Homeopathy. It's an excellent book. Probably a little more medical than Lyle W. Morgan's is. Very, very good book. I've really enjoyed it a lot. So between those two books, that's where I'm getting a lot of my information. Okay, all that said, we're going to go into the muscles. Because, like I said, everyone has an issue with muscles at one time in their life. And one of the main things is physical exhaustion from any new activity or any activity that strains the body during a lengthy time of endurance. Um, it can cause anything from stiffness to actual weakness, depending on how long this person has had to continue straining those muscles. And that's like a muscle fatigue, aching, disrupted sleep, hindered movement. I go back to the muscle fatigue. It was so funny. My grandson, <laughs> Why? okay. I get a phone call. The truck is in and they're like, um, grandma, the truck is here. So I go run into the store and I'm starting to lift these 50 pound bags. Now, when I was a kid, you, you know, obviously you lift 50 pound bags all the time. They got rid of the 110 pound burlap sack bags because it took two of us to move them. But with the 50 pound bags, you could throw it over your shoulder and you could carry it, you know, across the barn, throw it in the pile. And you could literally do that all day long when you're young. <laughs> I says to my grandson the other day, I'm moving these bags of oats and flour. And I said, you know what? Grandma's only good for about four bags before she starts to huff and puff and get in your way. <laughs> and I was like shocked because I actually physically got tired after just four bags. It was like, what the heck? So anyway, <laughs> okay, so here we're going to start looking at, you know, homeopathic remedies for this. The number one remedy for muscle trauma is always Arnica, folks. Arnica, Arnica, Arnica. And when, when I say Arnica, I mean Arnica, okay? 
Please, everyone, carry Arnica in your purse or even in your pocket. If you're a kid in school, throw it in your backpack. Don't put it next to your phone necessarily unless you have one of those safe sleeves. But Arnica, everybody carry it. You can't really leave it in your vehicle unless you live in a temperate climate where it's not going to exceed 140 degrees in the vehicle on a hot summer day. Um, I know they say you probably shouldn't freeze your remedies either, but I live in Minnesota and everything gets frozen all the time in the vehicle and I've never found that that canceled my remedies. But like I said, try to keep them at a basically an even temperature. But carry Arnica with you. Have access to it at all times. I am probably the most guilty of not having Arnica on hand when needed. How many times have we been camping or at the lake or just out for a bike ride and somebody gets hurt and I'm like, who's got Arnica? And they look at me like, mom. And I'm like, I know, I know. I take it for granted. I really, really do. I try to carry it in my bike, my the trunk of my trice, you know, because I ride that Terra trike. I try to keep Arnica in the trunk and I'll tell you what, invariably I end up giving it away and then I don't have it when I need it. So anyway, please carry Arnica, everyone, because I, I did my mini training for our members corner this month on head injury. I basically regave the speech that I gave in New Zealand last year about head injury and, you know, what really goes on when a person has head injury and how the use of Arnica and other remedies will bring about complete healing in most cases. Um, anyway. I think I thank my daughter's life with Arnica. I just, I can't tell you enough. If you have Arnica on hand, you could save a person's life. Um, you know, and I've had a couple of situations where other person actually, you know, in a situation of family members, the person that they witnessed the accident of died. And I, you can't harp and you can't make a person feel guilty, but I just want to scream and say, if you had Arnica, you could have saved that person's life. Because it really is life-saving. Homeopathy does save lives. All right. So Arnica is the number one for muscle trauma. It's wise to actually just take Arnica. And you can take it every hour or two for the first 12 hours following physical exhaustion. When I say physical exhaustion, anyone that you know comes in and they've been working hard or they've done something new like disc golfing. <laughs> I'm on vacation, see. And they're disc golfing and they start complaining. Give them Arnica. And then have them drink a big glass of water because they need to rehydrate and keep those muscles, keep the moisture pumping through the body. Um, also, another thing to remember whenever your muscles are involved is a hot Epsom salt bath or an Epsom salt soak. Because um, whether it be just the feet, because a lot of people get sore feet after they've taken a long hike, or if your whole body is aching, if you lie in an Epsom salt tub, you know, obviously you want a nice hot tub so that you're, you're, it opens all the pores in your body and then your body, all the pores will absorb as, as the pores open, the cells open of the skin, it'll absorb the magnesium sulfate to relax all the muscles. And then as the water cools, your body will reap all the benefits of those minerals. So it really helps to restore that mineral balance. And of course, plenty of fresh, clean spring water always should be taken in during any workout. But a lot, you know, the thing is people, I laugh at people hiking and, and uh, going, um, you know, they, they I'm okay, I'm not dissing anyone. Don't get me wrong. But people hiking with a straw in their mouth and they're drinking while they're hiking. Have you, do you ever see a horse do that? No. 
a horse can go for hours and they will not take a drink. Even when they, when you stop and try to offer your horse water, he won't drink because he knows the moment he starts walking again or working out, he is going to cramp up. All right. So he's going to wait until he, he knows he's going to get a break. When he gets a nice break after a few minutes, then he will take a drink of water. It's the same with humans. When we're working hard, we're not going to take a drink while we're working hard and go right back to it. You wait until you get a moment to sit down and take a break. Then you take a drink of water and then you take a few more minutes for that break. Then you can go back to work. And it's the same with a long hike. You're not going to just, just keep drinking while you're on that hike. You're going to need to sit down so your body can utilize the drink. Because remember, your body can only do one thing at a time. And those muscles will actually seize if you just, if you, you can, you can have mu all sorts of muscle cramps and all sorts of things can go wrong. Be smart about it. Watch the animals. Like I said, you never see them take a drink mid stride and just keep going. No. And you'll see runners that will actually put water in their mouth and spit. They just want that moisture because they know if they take a nice big drink of water, they're going to cramp up. Obviously, Super long distance runners have to have a few sips of water now and then to keep their bodies from shutting down, but their bodies get used to it and the body can continue to function until such a time it gets that chance to rest. So keep hydrated. Be smart about it though. Okay. Clean, fresh water is the best thing when you're working really hard. You can replenish the electrolytes when you get a nice break. You have a lunch break, have a piece of watermelon. You have a nice long break in the afternoon before, you know, when the sun's searing hot and you have to go back to work after. Have a chunk of watermelon at that time. Be smart about it. Electrolytes are great to add to water and things, but you have to make sure you're not overdoing it because you can actually take in too many things. I know a lot of people say, oh, Gatorade's the best. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, for one thing, the balance isn't proper. There's, you know, I always tell my kids, if, if that's all you've got access to, vitamin water or Gatorade or whatever, I says make sure you dilute it more than in half because your body needs the water and it only needs trace minerals to stay balanced with electrolytes. But like I said, it's, um, Gatorade used to be really good back when I first start when that was first invented, but after that it got, it's not good anymore. I, I never, I never recommend it. Okay. Um, just remember to stay hydrated. If the muscle pain continues, you know, um, if you've taken the Arnica and you're doing everything you can do with the water and staying hydrated, if the pain continues while you're resting and then, but they tend to improve when you get up and start moving around, you know, just add a dose of Roostox to that. You can just take a dose of 30C. Um, and then if, hopefully that'll help because Roostox is, is amazing for helping to restore that, that lost strength during exertion. Another remedy that's rarely considered for muscle pain is Simisifuga 30C. I think this remedy, especially for persons moving through or following midlife, so it's not a remedy I would probably ever think of for someone under 40 um, because it's when our hormones start to shift that, you know, and if we have muscle fatigue, this is a really good remedy to think of. Um, so anyway, Simisifuga, but one of my very favorite remedies for muscle pain and weakness, especially the weakness following muscle exertion is lactic acid. No, you know, when you work really hard, a lot of people can tend to get a lactic acid buildup in their muscles. And so like if you're a weightlifter 
uh, you can actually have, and, and it, you know, you're working into it and you exceed what you're normally used to or whatever, you can actually end up getting a lactic acid buildup. Runners can get lactic acid buildup. And so I like to use a 15C for this situation. And oddly enough, it'll very quickly restore depleted strength. And it'll help the body to rid itself of that lactic acid buildup in the muscles. I will say people who respond really, really well to this very often um, might have glycemic issues. Um, Clark, John H. Clark cured, he used this remedy in a 200C potency more than once to cure a diabetic state. Again, it's that glycemic issue. And these are the types of people that, that are a little more prone to the lactic acid buildup. It doesn't necessarily mean they have diabetes, but it means that they have more the tendency. So that's just something to remember. I, you know, don't bank on them. Some pe- people will go, oh my gosh, I, I responded really good to that recipe, that remedy, and Sue says that I might be diabetic. No, that's not what Sue is saying. I'm saying that if, you know, if you didn't eat right and if you took in too much pop over the years or you drank too much alcohol or you took ate too much sugar or something, you may be prone to diabetes someday. Some people aren't prone to it at all. Other people are. So it's just one of those, you know, dispositional things. Okay. Muscle cramps. Okay. So like you've, this, this has been for working out. Now we're talking about actual cramps and many, many cramps. Um, you, you can talk, start talking about muscle cramps and people will just look at you like, what are you talking about? I never knew what a muscle cramp was until I started having children. Then I knew what a muscle cramp was. I honestly don't think I even ever had really what you would call a Charlie horse because when I was growing up, my grandmother lived with us and every now and then you'd hear a scream. I remember one time I went running in her room and she was standing beside her bed holding her thigh, her inner thigh with and pinching it as hard as she could with her hand while she was, and she, this is what she would do. This was her trick. Oh, I wish so much that grandma had, would have had homeopathy. She would have just loved it. But it, she had, she would, she kept salt, regular table salt next to her nightstand and a glass of room temperature water. And she would put the salt in the water and drink the water. And she, she said that that would, would relieve her cramps after a few minutes. And that was her, what she did. And, you know, usually she just stood there silently in pain. But this particular night when I went running in there, I had heard her scream. And when I went in there, she was holding this and she was, ah, 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 you know, I'm a grandma, what's the matter? She goes, nothing, it'll be okay in a minute, dear. She goes, help me get this. So she, you know, I helped her with the salt and water and she drank it down. And sure enough, within about two minutes, it relieved that cramp. And she said, oh, I get these so bad at night sometimes. And it's like, oh, you know. But so anyway, so I didn't, I may have had a Charlie horse or something before then because I kind of knew what she was talking about, but I don't remember anything vividly. Then when I started having children and I started getting these Charlie horses in my feet at night, my lower thighs and my feet, I would wake up literally screaming because I didn't understand it. And my husband was like, what? what? I'm like, I don't know. My foot, my foot. And so when I asked my, of course, my mom about it. She's like, oh, well, don't worry about it, dear. That's just a Charlie horse. Just get up and walk around on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, walk on it? Right. <laughs> and every pregnancy, I would get those. Again, see mineral deficiency, mineral imbalance. So one of the best things that people can do for cramps like that, things that come on 
like obviously I was feeding a new baby, you know, um, and so I was not getting enough minerals in my diet. And at times like that, I would encourage someone to take a mineral, mineral vitamin, multi-mineral, or even just an extra calcium and magnesium. But remember, when you take calcium, make sure that you're getting magnesium as well, because your body can't even use the calcium unless it's got twice the amount of magnesium with it. Magnesium is actually harder to get than calcium in our natural diet. So when you do, like I said, a supplement, if like a CalMag or something like that, make sure it's one microgram of calcium to two micrograms of magnesium. Otherwise the balance isn't right. Okay. So I do encourage that at times for people, especially during, you know, pregnancy and a lot of older people, doctors have started recommending a calcium, well, they'll actually recommend calcium or just magnesium for these older patients. But I say, you know what, if you're going to take one or the other, make sure you're getting it properly balanced and then maybe don't take quite so much because a lot of people who have just like a calcium deficiency or just a magnesium deficiency, the only reason they have the deficiency is because they're not getting it in proper balance. All right. Enough said about that. Okay. Um, let's see here. One of the other things I wanted to talk about was you know, obviously to stay hydrated, make sure that you're getting those electrolyte minerals when you're exerting, or at least to replenish them at the end of the day, you know, because a lot of times you'll be out working really hard and your muscles will start to cramp or get fatigued. And if you just simply sit down and have a piece of watermelon and a big glass of water, you're going to feel better because that's just enough to bring those electrolytes back into balance. Because as the body sweats, it's sweating out sodium and all sorts of, um, important minerals, but mainly sodium and sodium is needed to keep everything else in balance. That's why we used to eat, um, salt pellets when I was a kid. It's my favorite thing. Oh, dad, can I have some salt now? And he's like, you haven't been sweating yet. And I'm like, Oh, I just wanted to eat them. I love salt. It's terrible. Okay. I know a lot of kids do. A lot of kids love sugar and salt, you know, for no given reason. All right. So while you're if you get cramps during physical activity, there's several different remedies that you can think of. Now this, I say during physical activity, during or following. So running, swimming, just working hard in the garden, running the tiller for the first time in the spring and you're not used to it, chopping wood, simple errands if it, the day becomes too lengthy, just all sorts of things. Cramps can occur in the evening or right during. And so some of the top remedies listed here are, and we'll go through them each one at a time, but cuprum. And cuprum is recommended to use in a 30C potency or a 200C every 10 to 20 minutes as needed. So basically just when you're having an issue, like you wake up and you're having cramps, just take in a 30C or 200C. And you, like I said, every 10 to 20 minutes until the cramps are gone and then stop taking it. It's excellent. It's one of the best remedies for painful cramps in the legs and the calves while running or after running. So painful that the client cries out. See, this is the one I always think of with my grandmother. She should have had this remedy. And if she would have, her life would have been so different. Jan Scholten actually has used with much effectiveness cuprum aceticum. Um, and he used it also for intestinal cramps. So, in, so cramps in the soles of the feet and the thighs and legs at night. 
Cuprum aceticum, he's even for like intestinal diarrhea. That's how bad the cramps can be. And so when you th when you think of that type of situation, do look at the aceticum. Cuprum muraticum is used for cramps in cholera and during pregnancy and childbirth as well. Sulfur 30C, a single dose, and then just wait. Um, again, this is very constitutional. Um, calf cramps, especially due to dancing. So if you go out dancing in the evening, we don't do that so much anymore. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, fact is, I went, my husband and I were going down the highway the other day, and I asked him, I says, did you ever make it out to that dance hall? There was a, it was um, a dance hall. It was about 45 minutes from where I lived, because we had a local dance hall, which was about five miles from where I lived, and then we had another one the other direction, about six miles from where we lived, and then there was another one about 45 minutes where I was really, really famous. My friend Melody took me there one time, and I thought, this is nothing compared to our other dance halls. But Friday, Saturday nights, that's all us kids used to do. Um, the girls danced, and the guys stood around drinking. <laughs> but it was so much fun. I say drinking, they, you know, we were kids, but, you know, there was all sorts of refreshments, and, and yeah, if they could sneak in some beer once in a while, they did so, but back then, life was a whole lot different than it is now. And we danced and danced until they'd shut down the dance hall at one o'clock in the morning. And then we'd stand out in the parking lot. Oh, it was so much fun. And But we would come home and be exhausted the next day. Because you would dance till, and the sweat would just pour. And you'd only stop for a drink on occasion. It was just, it was a blast. But I look back and I'm thinking, yeah. I, you know, I was reading this about the uh, um, cramps in the legs, especially after dancing. I thought, yep. <laughs> my legs would be sore, <laughs> especially if I was wearing shoes that weren't really super comfortable or new shoes. You'd have an issue. Anacardium 30C, single dose, also of the calves and the heels, but relieved by stretching. Cramps of the hands when writing. So anytime you see someone who's having cramps and if they stretch it out and it feels better, anacardium is a really good remedy to think of. Of course, arnica every 30 minutes, cramps due to overexertion. Anytime there's overexertion, always think of arnica. Arnica will also help to prevent continued cramping. So if you're if you're taking something and you know you just know you can just feel it coming on, take an arnica and that'll really help to relax those muscles. Calfos 30C, um, the calves and the feet cramps when moving the wrist and the big toe. Again, Calfos is huge for calcium assimilation, growing pains, things like that. So if someone is having that would have been a Calfos would have been a really good. Um, cell salt for me to take back in the day <laughs> for during the pregnancies for the for the cramps and things like that because of, of the assimilation it really helps the body to function more effectively and more efficiently especially during times of pregnancy just like magfoss is painful for cramps of any muscle and the menstrual cramps as well and again magfoss is a cell salt that for assimilation it's absolutely amazing it is probably the most um, prescribed cell salt or homeopathic remedy for cramps anywhere. It's always my first course of action. If someone says to me they're having cramps, I'll always suggest Magfoss first. And then depending on the type of cramp, you can go with the Calfoss and or Cuprum after that. Cuprum is usually my second choice if the Magfoss doesn't help them. I had a situation not too long ago in a young lady who normally doesn't have any menstrual cramps at all. But when she did, um, it, anyway, they were slight, the magfoss would just take care of it. So she called and said that she was having these cramps again, and I said, just take the magfoss. 
She said, didn't even touch it. I'm like, what? So then I suggested the cuprum. She said immediately her cramps felt better. It did. It was, you know, really, really an interesting situation. So I, I told her she, she was going through some emotional stress at the time, too. I says, well, you know, we use what works, right? <laughs> okay. Um, Zincum for weakness, pain in the back and of the neck when riding. So this is a little more extended. Like I said, Zincum. Zincum is a huge cramp remedy. It, because it has a lot of, um, like the Tourette's, the ticks, things like that will be listed with this one too. So it, it's a little more, it has a deeper, a deeper action. Lycopodium is used when there's neck tension down into the back. Costicum, this is one of my very, very favorites for just about everything. But costum is, 30C can be used for cramps in the hands, fingers, wrists when riding, stiffness, twitching, tremors in the arms when riding, heaviness. There's always a heaviness sensation when causticum is called for. There's also a sensation of paralysis and weakness. The fact is causticum is one of the main remedies we think of during times of paralysis. And I say paralysis, it's not like you're going to wake up and half your body's going to be sound asleep or non-functional. It's, paralysis can take place in, in um, very slowly. You can actually just start to lose function. It's like, oh, you know, I just can't, my I'm not feeling my toes the way I normally do. And, or, you know, they can say, at my hand, I just, it's just not, I can't get it to function like I want to. Now that's a, that's a form of paralysis. So when that happens, we think of costicum. And then we have stanum, which is an amazing remedy for cramps, twitching, and rigidity, especially when writing, mostly of the hands and fingers, and paralysis of, of anyone who writes a lot or types um, that type of action with their hands. Um, stanum. Stanum is really hard to determine between causticum sometimes. If you look at the mentals, there can be a little bit of a difference in the mentals, but it's, it's very closely allied to causticum, and as far as symptoms go. Argentum nitricum. This is, you know, the sugar poisoning remedy. We all love Argentum nitricum. <laughs> but cramps in the fingers, hands, and wrists, the thumb, the forefinger, uh, tend to be, tends to be worse at noon. Um, but with this one, we, you know, there can be a hoarseness or a weakening of the voice and vocal cords. So when that occurs, think of Argentum nitricum. Sulfuric acid contraction, jerking of the arms, shoulder when riding with cramps in the wrists hands, fingers. And the thing about this one is this client is always in a hurry. They are unhappy and very irritable. <laughs> okay. Sulfuric acid. Cyclamen, uh, pain in the arms radiating to the fingers when writing. Cramps in all fingers and thumbs. And then we finally, here's another one. This is a huge, huge remedy for paralysis or sensation thereof is argaricus. Um, like I said, paralysis or sensation of paralysis when writing, unsure gestures and nervous twitching, tingling and numbness on the side of the hand when writing in the ulnar area. And the ulnar area is the outside of the arm, and that can actually radiate down from the shoulder area all the way down the arm towards the little finger. And when there's pain and aching in that, think of argaricus because it's, you know, you just, you don't have to have all the symptoms, folks. You know, if you look, read agaricus, it's like poison mushroom. If you read that, you're going, like, oh, I didn't eat poisonous mushrooms. I don't have, this isn't my remedy. <laughs> That's not the point. It's like if you have the symptoms, just you, the, the remedy and a low potency is amazing to just help with those rubrics. Okay, and so, okay, we're going to go on and we're going to actually um, 
Uh, I should probably end this right now, but I got a couple of other things I want to talk about. They're not really cramps, but they're, you know, they have to do with um, overdoing it, um, a little bit too much exercise or um, cramps that affect different parts of the body. So I'll continue here for a moment. This a stitch in the side uh, for all of those of you who are um, decide you want to run a marathon and you're going to start working out and you're going to start running your two minutes on t- walking two minutes and so on and so forth. Believe it or not, in those when even in that first two minutes, you can develop that stitch in the side that, and you have to grab it. It's like, oh my gosh, it's usually on the left side, just under the rib, and you know I'm obviously talking from experience here. Um, and I had a brother that he never had. He would just laugh at me when I would get that pain in my side, and he'd say, "Just tough it out. You'll get used to it." Blah blah blah. Well, this doctor. But Tara, he explains in that obviously these plant, these stitches in the side are actually a very painful cramp, um, especially when you're beginning to exercise. And for people who are like in your, you're already training and then you move into a new phase of training and so it's a little bit more, you can get that stitch again. But he explains that it's actually caused by trapped air or flatus. It, and so an experienced runner would know this instead of my brother yelling at me he should have told me how to work through it but he says that if you uh, close your mouth so your lips are just you know kind of pursed and your lips are really close together nearly closed and and then you put increased pressure you blow through the mouth very slowly so like you force that kind of like they have mothers do when they're in labor (laughs) breathe slowly so they purse their lips and they blow out very, very slowly, but it's a real forced breath. And if you push that out and push that out and push that out, what you're going to do is you're actually increasing the pressure in the lungs, which will delay a return of circulation. So, and that will actually force the flattest or the gas or the extra air out of the area that's causing the pain. Actually in this, and like I said, this technique is used by runners and is nearly always successful, Dr. Rater claims. So I don't know. I've never used that, but it totally makes sense. And if a person has that, that innate sense about them, you know, long distance runners have developed that innate sense because their bodies get smart. They know what to do in order to survive and to take care of itself. So now you know too. <laughs> anyway, but it says here that agaricus every 12 hours for three or four days can also be used to decrease the tendency of recurring attacks of this type of flatulence. Um, that gets trapped. So agaricus, okay? <laughs> and then for an acute situation, Bryonia 30C can also be used if that athlete is completely blocked and finds movement painful. So he just can't work through it. He can't blow it out. He can't work through it. Just take a dose of Bryonia because what is Bryonia, folks? It's worse for motion. All right. There's a stitch in the side. I can't wait to... Um, I should have... It's so funny. I say I can't wait. My kids don't listen to my podcasts. I told them, I said, you guys should really, you know what, for no other reasons than just nostalgia because I talk about our family and they said, Mom, that's exactly why we don't listen to the podcasts. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. That stands to reason, (laughs) which made me feel bad. But anyway, okay. So I have to add this too because I have a friend who is, a, like I said, the pianist and I, there's, there's four remedies listed here for this type of situation. And this, when weakness, heaviness, and paralysis of the hands and fingers are the complaint when playing. 
increased weakness of the extensor muscle um, makes it more difficult to keep the hand raised and restore movement after playing. So not being able to lift the fingers. The remedy that we're looking at for this situation is called curare. And this is an interesting remedy because this is like, you know, you watch <laughs> you watch TV, everybody, right? It's the only reason I know anything about this remedy at all. But it's the, it's the toxin that they put in poisonous arrows in, you know, like tropical islands and things like that. This is what this remedy is. And it causes complete paralysis and the mind keeps working. It's really, really interesting. Um, but it's also uh, what... I find very interesting here is that this particular remedy is also the remedy to think of. It's one of three remedies to think of when there's myasthenia gravis, which is um, like if somebody has droopy eyelid, like a droopy eyelid. Um, this is the remedy you're going to think of, um, especially like because what happens is that that myasthenia gravis is due to the involvement of the extensor muscles. And so the extensor muscles, remember we talked about those extensor muscles down with the ulnar nerve? They're all affect, they all, you know, you look at the body and you look at one part, it's connected to everything else. And so when you have this type of situation and one part of the body is overworked, other parts of the body are going to suffer as well. So I put a little chart in here on our printable, again, in the member's corner, but it gives you... Um, information about how the ocular muscles affect the face muscles and the throat muscles and then all the way down to the limbs. So it's it's interesting how these remedies, they have particular symptoms or rubrics and it helps one part as well as other parts. So how many times will have someone say, oh, I took a remedy for a headache and lo and behold, you know, my back got better or whatever. It's just the way homeopathy is. It's It takes care of the whole person. All right. The other remedy to think of for pianists is magfos and when cramps in the hands occur during playing. And zincum, again, cramp, especially when there's cramps in the thumbs or a feeling of paralysis in the hands while playing. And then, then these patients tend to have, you know, stiff, rigid hands. And playing tends to cause them pain. Gelsemium, there's a... There's always a, a complaint of heaviness with gelsemium, weakness and pain in the arms and fingers, pain intense in the fingertips. All right. I guess that's pretty much it for today, you guys. I, this is getting pretty lengthy, and I, I don't like my podcasts to get too long because then I, I, lose, I lose listeners. <laughs> but I hope this has helped. And like I said, you can sign up as a member if you're not already and, and get these wonderful printables that we put in there. Joy and Lori make them look so pretty and... Like I said, I have uh, people that come to my seminars, they'll bring their big notebooks, and they have all the printables in there of the different things that they can look up very, very quickly. And they usually put tab places in between the different sections. So it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. Joy and Lori are doing a great job keeping everything organized on the website. And I have to admit, it's a beautiful website. I'm not techie, so I have nothing to do with it, folks. All I do is talk and... <laughs> um, you know, we work well together. Let's put it that way. So it's a lot of fun. I thank you so much for listening. And I hope this has been helpful. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.